You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to episode 201 of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. And I am really excited about this one. It's near and dear to my heart. I'm going to talk about a big story, the Game of Thrones story. The final episode was aired this past Sunday night. And today, there is so much. Today is Monday while I'm recording this. And it will, you'll be hearing it on Wednesday. But today, there is so much online. The reactions are extreme. Everything from people saying they hated it so much that they're going to cancel their subscription to HBO to the most ridiculous thing I've heard so far throughout the season is that there are thousands of fans who have signed the petition to get the entire season remade. My response to them, you don't like it? Remake it yourself. Create it the way you think it should be, and then get it aired. But I am I am going a bit on a tangent now. I'm very passionate about this story. And it's not just because I like the show. It's because you will see that the lessons from it, especially the final episode, really, really apply to our understanding of how story works in the world and how it works intricately in our lives. So if you're a listener who hasn't seen Game of Thrones and maybe you intend to catch up and watch them, I wouldn't listen to this episode because it will be a spoiler for you. I am going to talk about it with the assumption that if you're listening, you have either seen it and know how the series ends, or you have no interest in it, and you don't intend to watch it, but you're kind of interested in learning more about story. So, here it goes. First and foremost, Game of Thrones is an important story because it is the story that chronicles our times. Right now, the world that we are living in. The overall scope of all eight seasons has a dominant theme in it, and that theme is that all war is senseless, that war leads to nothing but pain, suffering, and horrible unhappiness. And the series shows us that if the warring factions do not find a way to put their differences aside 
and unite against a bigger common enemy in the series it was The Walking Dead, then they would perish. And in our world today, well, we have many things that could threaten the existence of the human race. Like, I don't know how you feel about it, but global warming is one of them. And we may at some point be called upon to put all of our differences aside, all of the warring nations, all of the divided factions in the world, and unite to fight something bigger than ourselves. That is the first and main reason why I think Game of Thrones is important as a story. And now, let's take a look at my take about what happened in the final episode, the episode in which one individual would ultimately win the Game of Thrones. First, I'm going to give you the events. The big question was, throughout especially this season, who would win the Game of Thrones? And by winning, I mean who would be the one left alive and sitting on the throne, on what was called the Iron Throne, to rule the Empire in that story, in that world. There were so many different theories about it. And my feeling for the longest time has been that there is only one character who was fit to rule, and I was rooting for him to actually sit in the throne at the end. That character is Tyrion Lannister, played by Peter Dinklage. The character is a dwarf. And... Why did I feel so strongly that he should be the ruler at the end? Well, you look at the people's personalities and you ask, what qualities are necessary in a powerful ruler, an effective ruler? The only one who had the qualities was Tyrion. These are the qualities. He has incredible compassion He really cares about people. Also, very important, he was the only character, as far as I could see, who was always responsive as opposed to reactive, which means you couldn't trigger him into doing something impulsive. He would size up a situation if something unpleasant happened, And he would give it critical thought before taking action on it. It made him the ultimate diplomat. He was, and is, this character will live on, is a character of tremendously high intelligence. Tremendous perception intellectually and empathetically with the world. He has great empathy with people, and he understands situations at a gut level as well as in his mind. And finally, although he is a compassionate person with a big heart, if he is pushed 
and put against the wall, and he has no other choice but to resort to violence, he will do it. And in some cases, a ruler will find him or herself in that situation. So I kept saying, well, the only character who has all those qualities is Tyrion. And, of course, a lot of people were rooting for Daenerys, the Dragon Queen. She's certainly a strong, powerful leader on a mission. She had the capacity to compel a huge following, and she has courage. So why shouldn't she be the leader at the end? Because I always felt she was too driven by ego, which often blinded her judgment. And we saw in the past, the last two episodes, how that ego took over and proved that she was tremendously flawed as a leader because of it, dangerously flawed. The other contender was Jon Snow. Jon Snow, of course, was a very attractive, courageous soldier, a man with great ideals, integrity, and part of what I'm saying is part of his problem. You see, to really effectively lead, I found Jon Snow to be too earnest and too idealistic so that he couldn't take important, strong, and maybe distasteful measures if they were called for. And so what happened last night was fascinating. Tyrion Lannister had committed treason by allowing his brother, who was a prisoner of the Dragon Queen, to escape. She knows. He doesn't deny it. She arrests him and has him condemned to death. So now he's in prison and Jon Snow goes to visit him in jail. And in that prison cell, a brilliant scene develops where we watch the diplomatic smarts, the cunning, and the persuasiveness of Tyrion Lannister. He urges Jon Snow, who really is, by birth, the heir to the throne, to step into the throne, to take on that role and not allow Daenerys to rule the empire. And Jon Snow says, no, 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 she's my queen, she's my queen. And before he leaves the cell, Mr. Tyrion makes a very powerful, very compelling argument where he basically says to him, you know what the truth is and you must decide now. And then... We see Jon Snow meet his queen, and she, they are both very drawn to each other. She loves him, and it looks like she's seducing him and wants to enroll him in her game, wants him to be the ruler 
not only of that empire, but ultimately of the entire world with her. He tries to counsel her to have mercy and compassion, and she says, no, no, no. She's already killed an entire uh, city of people unnecessarily. And while John is kissing her, he puts a knife in her and kills her. I wasn't shocked. I was not surprised. I thought it was what should have happened. Her ego destroyed her. Now, Tyrion is still a prisoner. And one of Daenerys' leaders is going to have him put to death. And just before that happens, as is typical of Tyrion Lannister, he begins to speak. And there's a council listening and they're trying to decide who among them should be the emperor, who should sit on the throne. Mr. Jon Snow has had to get out of get out of town because he killed the queen. The queen is dead. Who will step into the throne? Who will sit on the throne? And then we saw a beautiful, elegant piece of, it was like a piece of masterful chess playing. Chess playing at its best. Tyrion gives a short but very impassioned speech where he says, "Ah, you know, people think that empires you know, about gold and flags and that's what holds them together. He says, no, it's stories. There's nothing more powerful than a great story. Of course, near and dear to my heart, I found myself nodding. And then he turns to the character who's been in the background for a long time in the show. Bran the Broken, the young Stark who is pushed off of a high wall in the very first episode of season one by Jamie Lannister and was crippled ever since. But he also developed the powers of a seer, of a person who could see the future, mystical powers. And this is what Tyrion says to him, Bran has the best story. And he begins to really compliment him and to prove to the group and to Bran that his story has such mythological proportions that it would compel the following of an entire empire. And he says to him, what do you think? Would you want to be ruler? And Bran says, yes. Why do you think I've stuck around so long? Basically, why do you think I'm here? He became the, for many people, the unexpected ruler. And for many audience members, it was a complete sellout. I read comments on Twitter. People said, that was an absolute joke. 
somebody posted, well, I guess, you know, you can make no contributions and still get an A. Here's what they missed. What Tyrion did was appeal to, he won the trust and the admiration of Bran by speaking the truth to him and edifying him and complimenting him. In fact, earlier in the scene, they asked Tyrion, would you want to be the leader, the emperor? And he said, no, I'm not interested in that. And then Bran says, I want you to be my hand, which means you will be my chief advisor. This is a role that Tyrion has played before. He certainly was the chief advisor to Daenerys. And in that role, he has tremendous power because his influence, his persuasion will influence the actions that the the ruler takes. And of course, very wisely, he says, ah, you know, I'm... uh, I'm honored, but I don't feel that I'm grateful to... I I don't deserve this. What a beautiful move. It's classic. There's a book called The Game. It's all about seduction. And the way you win somebody is by making yourself unavailable, by making yourself detached. There's another brilliant book called The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And in that book... The author analyzes in depth many historical figures who knew how to play the power game, how to be diplomatic, well-liked, and win the favor of many, many people. This is Tyrion's great gift. He, quote-unquote, reluctantly accepts the role of being the, the hand to the emperor. And in the final scenes, if we really look at them closely, we see that Tyrion is already playing a major role in deciding policy for the empire, in basically dictating what people should do. And we also see it will be easy for him to be constantly whispering into Bran's ear and Bran listening to him. So what we what did we what he accomplished was that the the world would follow Bran because he has a powerful mythological story surrounding him. Tyrion knows that his own story is not that powerful. It's not one that people would relate to as well. And they might even look down upon him because he's a dwarf. But behind the scenes, he could be the ruler without the title. And that's the genius of this particular episode. When he said that there's nothing more powerful than a story, I immediately said, yes. 
He really, really knows what that means. And if you think about it, storytellers, you will see that what you respond to in leaders, in movements, in all sorts of important areas of your life are not real events and real people, but the stories that surround them. Think of things in our history, recent, you know, um, contemporary political history. Do you remember during the Bush administration, the weapons of mass destruction that we found out didn't exist? That was a powerful story that created a movement that led to a war against Iraq. It was based on a story. There are so many examples of that. Right now, in the current administration, there are... Here's one. The president, our current... Well, the current president of the United States has created a powerful narrative. And depending on where you sit politically, you'll either passionately believe this or not. And the story is, members of the press are enemies of the people. So when they criticize Donald Trump, basically he tweets that it's fake news. People who don't like him say nonsense. People who follow him buy into the narrative 100%. They say, yeah. These are the enemy of the people who are trying to hurt our great leader. No matter where you sit and the political spectrum, it is a narrative that hits people at an emotional level and influences their beliefs, their actions, their lives. Celebrities... I love the fact that people identify with celebrities. They feel that they know them. They fall in love with them. Or they hate them. But their emotions about celebrities are very deep and strong, even though they may never have met the celebrities that they feel so much for. And what they're really, really feeling is a connection to a story, a narrative, that the image of that person has sparked in the fan's mind. It's not real. I was a great fan of, and still am, of Marlon Brando. But who was and who is Marlon Brando? I don't know. What I know is the image that I have of Brando, that I want, I want that image to be the real Brando because it means so much to me. Or Robert De Niro, or Al Pacino, or Meryl Streep, or any of them. Their stories, their narratives. I want to take this really deep. Religious figures who lived thousands of years ago we know them through the narratives that have come to us through the religious stories about them. 
And so it goes. And then in our own lives, how we see ourselves, what we believe about ourselves, these are stories. Yes, Tyrion was right. There's nothing as powerful as a great story. And he, being the great diplomat, understood how to get behind the great story to affect change and to have true power. He is the person who really sits on the throne. He is the person who won the Game of Thrones. I would love your feedback on this, positive or negative. And when you reflect on stories in your own life, you will find some that don't serve you. So have the courage to ask, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.